Hi, welcome to the show. This is Coach Laura Swain. Thanks for listening. Um, Today, I am here talking with a really good friend of mine who also happens to be one of the most successful people I know in business. His name is Josh Weeks, and he's a restaurateur. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Laura. Yeah, of course. Um, So, Josh, I'd just like to start by having you tell us a little bit about your background um, at the Plumed Horse and kind of where you started and where you ended up there. Sure. So, actually, that is where my career started, uh, literally. Um, Just, uh, you know, a kid out of high school with no real uh, goals or, you know, vision or uh, I would even say drive at the time. And, uh, you know, I started off, you know, with a little bit of uh, help from nepotism and um, mother was their bookkeeper and accountant. And I, I got a job as a janitor slash busboy when I was uh, 17 years old, uh, just fresh out of high school. Um, not sure where, you know, what my path in life was going to be. And uh, pretty sure that uh, it never occurred to me to be in the restaurant business. Um, but uh And actually, you know, even my first six months there, I think I was fired uh, three times. I was that uh, clumsy fat kid that kept spilling water on people and breaking glasses. Um, But, you know, they they kept uh, inviting me back uh, for some reason. And, you know, it became uh, obviously fast forward 30 years later, a a love and a passion. Okay. Oh, wow. So... I didn't know about the janitor part. I did know about the busboy part. And for those of you who don't know the plumed horses, um, well, Josh, will you say what the plume horse kind of ended up becoming in this area? Yeah, I'll take it through its, uh, its you know, stages and progressions. Sure. So, you know, when I started, you know, at 17 years old, um, I was surrounded by obviously a very mature and a very male-driven environment. Um, you know, this was uh, early 90s, like 1990, 1991. Um, fine dining was really male-centric. Uh, it was strict. It had all of these rules. And it was not a fun or healthy environment, uh, to be perfectly honest. You know, so my, my first inclination was, you know, when you're a, you're a kid and you're dreaming, you know, how could I change that? What would I do different if this was my place? And, you know, that kind of manifested itself into what it is now 30 years later. So, you know, went through, went through the whole progression, uh, worked my way up literally from the bottom, uh, left in 2003. So after 12 years and when at the time that I left, I was the manager of the restaurant. Uh, but it was time to explore my, you know, my own curiosities, my own dreams at the time. You know, I had uh, the very fortunate to be, we, we live in an interesting area. You know, mm-hmm. I just saw the, the latest numbers where San Jose has the greatest concentration of wealth in the world. Uh, one of every 740 residents in the city of San Jose is a high net worth individual over $30 million. So, there's a lot of inspiration out there and obviously being in a high-end restaurant at the time, um, catering to a high-end clientele an educated clientele and other people that were successful in business, you know, that are always willing to lend 
advice, um, guidance, so on and so forth. So I, I learned a great deal in that uh, 10 years growing up in that environment. So I, I was very lucky. Uh, so wanted to do something on my own, uh, left in 2003 to um, join a different restaurant group in San Francisco. And well, that didn't work out because of uh, historical building issues. So we opened up a little tiny spot out in the Richmond uh, called the Richmond. And it was you know, literally 11 tables, but it was kind of the vision of what the restaurant should be. Um, everybody on a level playing field, um, small, manageable, um, there for the community, I would say. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I got a call that the plumed horse was for sale and my, you know, my dream was about to be realized. And that was mm. what would I do different if I had this place? Mm. So put together a, a group of investors. Uh, the group of investors were uh, kind of those same people that uh, had guided me over the years and, you know, had been clients and, you know, fans of the plumed horse and, uh, you know, appreciative of my service and skills and uh, purchased the plumed horse in 2006, wow. but never wanted to run it as status quo. So um, brought in one of the best chefs in the country uh, at the time who had just received two Michelin stars at Aqua in San Francisco and, you know, thought about what could be at this restaurant that's been there since the fifties. So, you know, it's, it's a 60 year old restaurant. So a lot of history uh, to it uh, with the name and everything else. Uh, and turns out that we were very successful um, right from the get go. We had uh, Michelin star after our first year, we've had it for 14 consecutive years. Uh, we were named Esquire's, uh, you know, top new restaurants, uh, accolades uh, galore. Uh, but what we didn't have was balance. Uh, we didn't have, well, when I say we, my partner and I didn't have work-life balance and mm -hmm. didn't have that uh, kind of harmony that I'd always hoped we would have. So, you know, w when I define, you said success, when I define mm -hmm. success, uh, it is so much more than financial success. Right. There has to be um, that feeling of success and that feeling of success is, do you have the balance of, uh, you know, personal and work? And is it that place that, you know, makes you proud? Does it, is it, uh, it, does it allow everyone in that company and corporation to be successful and to have the same opportunities that you did? Right. So <clears throat> we realized early on that that wasn't the case and did everything we could to change that. And, you know, I'm very proud of uh, what it is and what it had become. And then, of course, you know, that was kind of a, a catalyst and a jumping point, which was uh, Plume Horse was a great anchor. And it was a great anchor to do other things. Then, um, you know, we were able to purchase La Fondue. We were able to start up a, a chocolaterie and then a new concept, you know, a fairly casual concept with Pasta Armelino. And along the way, giving, you know, all, all of those members of our, our, our group and our team uh, in an opportunity to grow within. Uh, we were incredibly proud of you know, everybody that uh, has worked now, basically kind of started like I did uh, at the bottom and now, you know, either as a, you know, line cook or a dishwasher. And now they're, they're you know, corporate chefs and bakers and managers. And so, you know, that that's how I measure, you know, kind of level of success. Uh, right. 
how many people did you bring along for that ride? So speaking of success and, and working your way up, um, when you were 17 or 18 years old, you said you felt kind of lost and um, not necessarily goal-driven. Um, where do you think that that shifted and, and do you know why? Yeah, I, I do. Um, like I said, I was fortunate. I, I was surrounded by a highly educated, you know, uber successful uh, clientele. And, you know, it was a little bit of the guidance that I received from them, but it was also that I, I kind of just wanted to be them. That's, that's the life mm. that I wanted. Uh, so, you know, how, how was I going to achieve, you know, that life was, was the question. And that's, and that's really what uh, was able to drive me. Okay. And then you said that a lot of people sort of came up with you as well. Um, in terms of the employees you've had over the years, what would you say is like a rough percentage of people who really like innately had that drive versus ones who just kind of didn't, didn't seem goal oriented or driven? You know, I, I would say it's about 50%. And, you know, that's what we look for when we hire, um, you know, in, in my company, once all the restaurants were established, uh, we, we tried to do a couple of things, you know, about uh, half of them had been there for, you know, 10 plus years. Um, and then they were able to, you know, be distributed around and, you know, kind of take their own projects and everything else. Um, also very, you know, proud to say that uh, we had, a, as, a, as a restaurant group, 50% uh, uh, female management, mm. which was very important. We were a very diverse group. Uh, but when, when we hire, we don't necessarily look for experience. We look for certain character traits. We, we, ask, pe we ask people to talk about their passions. Uh, we ask people to talk about uh, what is important to them. You know, and the toughest question that I ever ask in an interview is, you know, tell me what you're gonna be doing in three years. In a, in a perfect world, tell me what you know, three years from now where it looks like. And that's what I always find uh, is the biggest struggle for people to answer. Mm. So what we do is, you know, once they join the team, we try to instill, you know, that, okay, t tell me now what, what that three years is going to look like. Where's that path? You know, where, where are we going with this? And, you know, e even if it's not with us, you know, maybe it's a, uh, Hey, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to become a, you know, uh, nutritionalist, or you know, that's why I'm in the food business. And I want to be doing all of these things I'm completely supportive of that. Right. So it's interesting because, you know, as a personal trainer uh, and a business owner, I, I've seen a lot of different types of folks, as I'm sure you have in your, in your career. And I'm always, you know, my goal is to sort of tap into that drive, tap into that goal setting. And a lot of people really struggle in that area. So do you think it's something that's just kind of innately in a person and just needs to be kind of you know, tapped on or supported, like you said, or you're surrounded by people? Do you feel like it's like an innate thing? Or do you feel like it's something that can be learned? Uh, the answer to that is yes. Um, first of all, I, I believe there's a little bit in everyone, but I, I believe with most, it has to be learned. And not only does it have to be, does it have to be learned, um, you know, I, I can speak as yes, as your friend, but also as your client, uh, you tend to bring that out. And that's something, it, it's something that needs to be brought out in people. And I think that's probably um, 
what I would characterize as kind of your greatest uh, gift and experience is bringing that out in people. Everybody has a little bit in them. Some people have more than others, of course, but I, I do believe it has to be brought out. And I, like I said, in, inspiration comes from all different aspects. And sometimes that inspiration is the person in front of you uh, right. kind of believing and telling you what, what needs to be done. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. You know, yes, you know, I'm a, I'm a hopeful creature. <laughs> like I like to inspire people. Um, but it's interesting. It's definitely for me, one of the most difficult parts of my job when people just kind of, you know, quit or give up or, or whatever. And it's kind of a constant, I'm always reassessing. Okay. Let me try this way. Let me, let me go over here and try this thing. It's really interesting who responds and who doesn't. Um, and that's one of my reasons for creating this podcast to talk to successful people and also to talk to people who have really struggled. And often those are the same people. Um, but just to kind of get a better understanding in hopes of inspiring people that no matter where you start, you can be successful. It's just sort of a matter of decision-making, which I think you've done. I mean, it's kind of incredible. You know, every time I talk to you, you're doing something different and adding something on to, to your life um, and running around uh, to different restaurants. And it's, it's really inspiring. And I think what's been really cool with, with your progression is watching your creativity come out. Um, you know, as you've gotten more into the design aspects of things and especially the renovation you guys did to the plume Taurus was incredible. And just seeing the different spots that you've been involved in and had a hand in, do you feel like the creativity aspect of this job, meaning you get to do a lot of different things? Do you think that's also what keeps you inspired to, to keep doing this? Well, I can tell you that's probably the most uh, enjoyable part. Uh, that's the yeah. most fun. Um, you know, I, I'm not an artistic person by nature. Um, I can barely draw a stick figure, but you know, being able to you know create something, something real, something that's uh, something that can be you know seen and appreciated by others is of course, is of course the the fun part of the job, but. Yeah. I, I don't know that that's number one. Um, I, I think that that's just kind of the icing, but uh, okay. you know, the cake is, is far more gratifying. Yeah. And you've talked a little bit to me before about the importance of your staff and your employees and taking care of them. Um, yes. Tell me a little bit about that. that. And you just hit, that's what I was alluding to that to me, that's the most rewarding part of this is Bringing, bringing out what, whatever is inside of them so that they can kind of take the same path, have the same opportunities. Uh, opportunity to me is everything. You know, not everyone is going to take it, but everyone should have the same opportunity. Um, so I don't care what you start out, what your educational level is, anything. You know, if you care and you have that inside you, you're going to be successful within, you know, our company. Right. So... What would you say that are some things that you in your career or, or in your life, the accomplishments or goals you've reached that you're most proud of? Well, you know, the accolades are always great um, because they, they kind of validate your hard work. But, you know, the fact that I had, you know, 150 employees and, you know, the the shortest term employee at the time was like two or three years. That, that, that just tells me that you've built something. You, you built right. something that's uh, with longevity, that's lasting, that's real. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
And then the other question I had for you, are the most sort of driven and goal-oriented people that you know or Ooh, that's a that's a that's a tough question. Um, you know, I, I know uh, the low-hanging fruit everyone you know tends to pick uh, you know a member of their family, but you know in my case, you know I ha I have a mother that works and has worked you know, as a accountant eighty hours plus a week. Uh, it's definitely where you know I get that drive. She just you know she loves what she does, and she can't imagine doing anything else. And uh, right. you know for most of my childhood, I never really understood it um, until I found something that, you know, I loved doing. So uh, there's that. And, you know, it, her her sound advice has always been, you know, work hard. That That's her sound advice. And then I've been incredibly fortunate. Like I said, uh, you know, some, some of the people that uh, I've had a, the privilege of and knowing and now calling, you know, friends slash mentors. Uh, you know, we're talking about CEOs of, you know, some really uh, – well-known and large companies around around here and being able to you know use them as a resource and um to gain access to you know certain types of information of you know guidance and everything else i've tried to emulate that with you know with my staff right and with your friend laura as well of I course of course <laughs> um <clears throat> so Let's talk a little bit about kind of the, because um, we've talked a lot about the successes, but how do you or how have you handled it when things kind of fall apart? I mean, we could use 2020 as an example. We could use lots of things as an example, but, but how do you um, handle it when sort of things don't go the way you want or there's, you know, catastrophes or whatever? And how do you kind of regroup once that has all the dust has settled? Sure. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, we're in the restaurant business. And I'm sure it's the same uh, across many sectors of business. But in the restaurant business, there's always a catastrophe. Uh, you know, we reopened after a $12 million remodel in 2007, at the end of 2007. And then, of course, the housing market crashed in 2008. And we went into a, you know, what, what they called the Great Recession. Um, and as a, the highest price point of restaurants in the Silicon Valley, uh, we, we took a, an unbelievable hit. You know, this is, you know, six months out of the gate of a new restaurant and you're entering into what, you know, uh, it turned out to, for us to be about a two to two and a half year, you know, recession where sales were, you know, 50% of target and everything else. And then of course, you know, there's COVID, but there was, there's always something, you know, cyclical as far as, you know, a disaster in the, in the restaurant business. And, but 2020, we've dealt with some unreal, unreal things. Being in Saratoga um, on the fires up there, you know, we were shut down uh, several days just because air quality. Obviously, we had to be outside only. Uh, yeah, COVID yeah. shut us down on March 17th, and I, and I mean shut us down. Uh, you know, I have uh, two or three restaurant concepts that don't lend itself to the takeout and everything else. And, you know, you know it sounds like a broken record, but going back to that, it was, you know, how, how can we not only survive so that we have a restaurant to reopen to, but how do we take care of the people that have taken care of us all that time? And that was, I think, our biggest crisis and, you know, the, the, the biggest balance that we had to come with. Yeah. Yeah. 
So <clears throat> what you specifically going through all that? Because I talked to you about it a couple of times throughout the past, you know, year and a half, where some people just, I mean, you know, what happened with the shutdown just like broke them. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm talking in a, you know, of course, people had tragic losses and all that. And I'm not even necessarily talking about the the personal side. I'm talking about business-wise. You and I both know people who responded incredibly differently, no matter yes. what the circumstance, right? Like some people were incredibly successful and had a big drop-off. And some people were just making it and had a big drop-off. And the attitude for me struck me of people that continued to like, we're just going to figure out how to get through it. And I definitely consider you on that list. I was incredibly impressed. I had not, I kind of didn't know. I'll tell you, honestly, when I, first, when I first talked to you after all that, I didn't know how you were going to be <laughs> because, because you're so invested in your work and work is such a big part of your life um, that I kind of didn't know if you would be not so well in that time. And instead your attitude was to me, incredibly impressive. So what do you, what do you attribute that to? Well, you know, I, there's a little bit of that, that, you know, in, inside you're, you're terrified because you're correct. Not only was I financially invested in all of these businesses, but emotionally invested, probably more of the latter, to be honest with you. Um, and sure, there, there were times where it, this was definitely the toughest stretch of, you know, 15, 18 months that uh, I've had in both my career and probably in my life. Um, but you, you go back to the same things you, you thought about when you were, you know, just starting out. And, and that is, you know, this is your dream. It, it, it's got to survive. What would you do differently? You know, and now is the time to answer that question. What would you do differently? So uh, creativity and you just, it's, yeah, you, you never gave up. You tried to be strong for everybody around you. And, you know, there's, it's not just me. There's, you know, hundreds of people relying on, on the success of this job and of this group. You know, I love that you keep coming back to the people because I think that's such a really beautiful way to look at you're not only doing for you, you're doing for others. And that could apply to anything that could apply to someone trying to get in shape that was in really bad health. Um, you know, that you're not the only one here, that your moves and your drive impact everyone around you. Well, right. And, you know, there's no way I could have done what I've done over the past 15 years and created uh, these multiple concepts with, without those people. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, I, I always tell them, you know, without them, there could be no me. And so yeah. I'm appreciative of that. That's great. All right. One last question for you. Anyone that was maybe going to go into the restaurant business or eventually wanted to be a restaurateur or frankly, any type of entrepreneur, um, what would your advice to them be in terms of getting started or maybe if they're already there? sort of truly finding success? So, you know, I always tell everyone to go in with their eyes wide open. And that means, you know, I think that the best thing you can do is have real conversations with people. Set 
understand what the expectations are. Understand, you know, what kind of the trials and tribulations that you're going to go through because they have gone through them. And set those expectations of what to expect. So, you know, if you're going to go into the restaurant business, talk to multiple restaurateurs in in every facet from, you know, fast food to fine casual to, you know, counter service, Michelin star, whatever that may be, talk to a group of people. So you really have an idea of what you want to, what you're getting into. And then you just make a, a more educated decision. Okay. And would you recommend sort of everyone get a mentor? 100%. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I do believe, you know, I, I've needed them uh, over the years. And uh, I know that, you know, I, I've served as one over the years, and I can tell you the, you know, sounds like a, a sitcom, but the mentor-mentee relationship, um, it, it is important for success. Mm. Yeah. Well, Josh, thank you so much for for your time today and for sharing all this, your story and this valuable information. I think it's going to be really helpful to people. Of course, I'm happy to do it. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you.